It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. You're listening to the best of Matt and Mo. Mercy me's Barry Grow. I feel like growl, you should have researched this. Growl. <laughs> G-R-A-U-L. Growl. Growl. I'm going to say growl. Just because it's fun. Growl. Barry Growl has a suggestion. He posted, how about some overhead bins and airport restaurants? <laughs> have you, I mean, yeah, have you, we've been to the airport recently and we have to carry around and you specifically, y'all didn't check your bags when we first went. So y'all had your bags with you. Yeah. Throughout the airport. But they were small bags. They were, but And they still, rolled really well. If you were to sit down in the restaurants that they have there, where the tables are still all uh-huh. close together, even yeah. closer than a normal restaurant, yeah. trying to like get your bag in a situated place. That's true. And they make a big deal about how you're not supposed to leave your bag mm-hmm. anywhere, you know? And then Don't. you're sitting down in the waiting area, and people give you nasty looks if you put your bag in the seat next to you, because there's mm. only so many seats. There's only so many seats. Why are you taking <laughs> up four seats? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of inconveniences at the airport. Uh, <laughs> we went we went to the Celebrate Recovery Summit a few weeks ago, uh, which is in L.A. Well, it's in Lake... Lake City. Lake, Lake City? That Lake. wasn't it, was it? Lake City! It wasn't Lake City, is it? I think it was Lake really? View or Lake... I'm pretty sure it's Lake City. I'm going to Google it real She's quick while you it. continue anyway, telling your story. We went to the Celebrate Recovery Summit, and uh, we were there most of the week. The summit's like three days, uh, but we were there most of the week, and we were there Saturday. We had the option of flying out Saturday at like 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. Oh, my gosh. So we pick 6 p.m. Always pick 6. No, you pick 6 a.m. No, no, no. We pick 6 p.m. To leave. We stay the whole day. Oh, to leave. To leave. Sorry. Which I... Sorry. Looking back, I'm, we probably should have left at 6 a.m. Because we were all done. We, we were all dead. Were. But uh, we stayed that whole day and we decided we would go to Hollywood. And uh, a few of us uh, decided we were going to get some tattoos. Okay, but let me... Let me tell the story. Go for it. We... While sitting in the airport, getting ready to right. leave for California. <laughs> While we were still sitting in Albuquerque. Right. <laughs> waiting on our plane. Somebody had said, hey, it'd be fun if we all got tattoos while we were on this trip. Who said it? Kendra. It was a Kendra? Okay. And almost everyone except for one person was like, yeah, let's do it. That'd be a great idea. Matt ran with this idea. Mm-hmm. And started making plans. Well, let's do without it without telling any anybody else until the very last day. And no. then that's like, no, no, yes! no, no, no. I told Chris in the airport while we were sitting there. I'm like, there are like seven tattoo parlors. Okay, again, before <laughs> we even left New Mexico. <laughs> so we have so a whole knew. week in between. Not this. my fault. You can't remember a whole week <laughs> that we all just kind of think, eh. We didn't have time. The days have passed. Oh, well, not getting tattoos. And then we wake up on the last day and Matt's like, this is the tattoo parlor that we're going to. It is this many miles away from the house. It is this many miles away from the airport. I have already scheduled appointments. This is what we're doing. We appointments. 
<laughs> I, I picked I'm the kind one. of thinking that you I did schedule the one I wanted to go to. Yeah. I, I figured that we would need to go to several if everybody was going to get theirs. Because. Um, and we would have. They're but all small. Most of them are small anyway. We would have had to go to several. But miraculously, somehow, a tattoo parlor that typically only takes. Appointments. Appointments. Yeah. Had two artists there available and a ready to go and right a cancellation yeah. which is why i'm thinking you secretly made appointments <laughs> i didn't but anyway we got the we got this tattoo and uh this is the first tattoo i've gotten in a while and it's the biggest one and uh they put that like when i first my first tattoo i got the bandage they gave me was like saran wrap wrapped all the way around my arm with tape on all the way around it so it wasn't going anywhere but this time they put like this weird medical tape it was like clear and it just laid on top of it and it's supposed Did to it stay really there stick? for two days well within an hour i had sweated that thing clean off and i am it's my tattoos bleeding black ink everywhere and blood black ink blood and so we're on our way to the ho- or to the hospital we're on our way to the airport we probably should have gone to the hospital and i, I should have stopped at a walgreens is what it should have done but i'm like they got duty-free shops and stuff there i'm sure they got some uh, bandages or something. Mm. So I get there and I'm looking at every place, every single store. Not a single, not even a band aid. You can't buy anything. You can buy toiletries, you can buy lotion, and I think you can buy like clippers and junk, but you can't buy band aids, bandages, uh, ointments of any kind or anything like that. So I'm like, is there a first aid stand somewhere? What if someone cuts themselves? Anything? I nope. just need like a thin piece of gauze. And they're like, no, sorry. <laughs> this is LAX. <laughs> this is one of the biggest airports in America. There's no first aid stand. There's no nothing. Nothing. Not a single store carries some uh, first aid supplies. Nothing. So that was an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine... That I'm the first person that has ever had a bleeding something in an airport. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think as a parent, nothing would send me into a bigger tailspin than my kid trips and falls and gets a bloody something or other. (laughs) And there is nothing in the airport that I can Just get on the plane bleeding, I guess. And then go up into the high pressure zone and spurt out even more. So I thought that that they weren't going to allow us on the plane because... Chris also got a tattoo that was very large. His was much bigger, yeah. <laughs> very, he got a quarter sleeve done. Again, this whole situation somehow is one big miracle. I'm convinced. Well, y'all almost didn't make it to the plane. Well, we didn't almost make it to the plane. <laughs> but again, that's a miracle in and of itself that I will, I'll tell. But I really thought that they didn't, they weren't going to let us get on the plane because yeah. Chris was just bleeding all the way down his arm. <laughs> and I'm looking at it thinking, they don't require us to give like proof that you don't have any bodily diseases that right? can be passed through blood. And we're about to go climb on a plane, a very small confined area with hundreds of people. And unassigned seating. Unassigned seating. <laughs> And and you're bleeding down your arm. They're going to end up telling us, sir, I'm sorry. You cannot board this plane. I was I was ready for it. I was. It was this trip, though, that I learned. And just this week, I you will be glad to know I have made a doctor's appointment to discuss some anxiety that I have. Um, 
with my family practitioner. (laughs) Um, But it was this trip that I really learned. I may have some serious, and I'm not just joking. Like I'm not making light of it. Honestly. I may have some serious anxiety issues that I struggle with. (laughs) Um, This, as I said, Matt had made these plans to go to this tattoo parlor and there were two tattoo artists there. And when we get there and we explain what all, the four of us, Matt, Deidre, Chris, and myself, we all wanted to get something. Yeah. Um, mine was going to be relatively small. Just a little tiny butterfly is what I was, by the end of it, was all I was going to get. <laughs> um, and then Chris, and we had And we had like three We had three, three hours. hours. We had yeah, plenty we had of time. We had a good amount of time. We figured one tattoo artist would be taken by Chris's. Right. Quarter sleeve. And then everybody else was having relatively smaller stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yours was bigger, but it's still just the still palm, like a palm yeah. size yeah. tattoo. It's not, Nowhere near not a big sleeve. by any yeah. means. Um, and then Deidre was just, she got her very first tattoo. I'm telling it on air. Which she surprised everybody with. She did. She was the one that didn't want a tattoo at the airport. <laughs> oh, was she? Oh. she? I mean, she was the one that was like, oh, and she... Rolled her eyes when I said it. And oh, yeah. Whatever. But she told me, she was sitting there thinking, this might be my opportunity to get a tattoo. Yeah. And she surprised me with that like the night before yeah. we went. I'm like, no way. Yeah. Very straight laced. Very. Yeah. I would never. adventurous. Yeah. I would never <laughs> when imagine. When it comes to that stuff. And go figure, it didn't hurt her at all. She sat there. We were, I had Mo record it and she's just, eh. Feels like you're writing pretty hard on me with a pen. I've never heard Deidre be more Valley Girl than what she was in this video, but she turns and looks at me and she gives this face of seriously, like her eyes kind of rolled back in her head and it's cocked to the left a little bit. And she's like, it just feels like you're drawing on me like really hard with a pen. (laughs) Doesn't hurt like at all. And the guy, the tattoo artist said, yeah, or scratching you with something. And she goes, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you have got to be kidding me. I was expecting like screams and wincing in pain. And oh my gosh, you didn't tell me it was going to hurt this bad. Nothing. Nothing. Nope. So don't go get a tattoo with Deidre because she'll make you feel like a weenie. <laughs> um, but by the end of it, it was just the three of them who had gotten a tattoo. And... What was supposed to take three hours ended up taking four. We had a 640 flight. Mm -hmm. We did not leave the tattoo parlor. We were supposed to leave by four o'clock. We did not leave the tattoo parlor until five o'clock. Now, I had already left at this point because I had to take another car uh, and the rest of the group. Two of our cars basically went to the airport. Yeah. uh, And I I had to take a group. So it was Mo and Chris. It was like 3.15 at this point. Yeah. And Deidre had not even started to get her tattoo at that point. Yeah. But we asked the tattoo artist and he's like, yeah, I got it. Not a big deal. Absolutely. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving y'all here. Make it to the airport. Yep. I left. Yep. (laughs) And then time just kept passing. It kept ticking away. (laughs) Ticking away. So yeah. So Deidre messaged me that... um, yeah, we're we're about to head out. They just finished, and and we're about to head out. And that was then, like twenty minutes later. I'm like, all right, are y'all on your way? She's all, they haven't picked me up yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so almost five. We had the brilliant idea to valet park our car because you're only in LA once and you only get to valet park in <laughs> LA. Yeah. Right? So Chris and I were like, absolutely. Valet parking for $20 for what ended up being almost five hours. Sure. Why not? Not considering that there were other people going to be in front of us at the line to pick up, to pick up said those, valeted yeah. car. And um, I, Deidre texts me and she's like, are you guys on your way? I just paid. And I'm like, no, we are waiting to get our car from the parking. I am freaking out. <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> We're going to miss the flight. All that Deidre had said all week was how she, how much she had missed her boys. It was going to be my fault that she was going to have to catch a later flight and she wasn't going to be able to make it home to see her boys for a whole other day. <sighs> I was losing it. Like, yep. So at this point, it. we, uh, our two cars had already made it to Avis, dropped our car off, and apparently there had been an accident somewhere in that area that had knocked out all the power mm-hmm. in that section. Uh, not to the airport, but to the Avis rental car place, so nobody could check in normally. Right. So we get there, and and on the one hand, it was good because we were just like, just get out, we'll email you your stuff, and yep. so we could just get out and leave, get in the line to get on the bus. But it was bad because it messed up the buses schedule mm-hmm. as well. So the buses were running a lot slower. So they there were. was a guy out there, little dude in a red hat and tie, just apologizing. Guys, we're really sorry. We're going to try and get you there. Uh, buses are running slow, but, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get you there. We'll definitely get you on time. Just let yep. us know if, if uh, you're running late or anything, and we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. by the time we actually make it to Avis, I am watching like my phone the later. entire time. <laughs> watching my phone the entire time because I know we have the 640 flight. Mm-hmm. It is 6 o'clock when we pull up to Avis. 6 o'clock. There were no stoplights, which, looking back, it was kind of a good thing. You know, people were not driving like maniacs. They weren't being stupid or insane. So we were able to get there, I think, in what was a faster time. Right, absolutely. um, Still, the power was out, so we did the whole drop-off, we'll email you the receipt. Chris and I ran into the building to use the restroom really quick. We run in. It is a dark building, dark bathrooms. I go to turn my flashlight on on my phone so I can actually see where I'm sitting to pee. (laughs) And um, miraculously, lights come on. And at that moment, I'm like, OMG, God has got us. We are going to get there. I might still have a panic attack, but it's going to happen. Like, somehow, somehow, the second that we drop the car off at Avis and we don't have to worry about all the big hassle of getting the receipt and whatever, somehow the power automatically comes on. No, there aren't coincidences. They're just things that God puts in place for you. So that was one of them. Chris and I use the bathroom. We run out. We get our stuff, only to find that Daedra, the most introverted person I think I have ever met in my entire life, Walks up to said Avis guy in his little red hat and and tie and just happens to say, sir, we have a 640 flight. Is there, do you know by chance how long the buses are going to be? And he becomes our angel. (laughs) Guys, come with me. Come with me, he says. We're going to take you to the, as he looks looks at us with these eyes, like, just go along with what I'm saying. We're going to take you to the Hilton. That's where you're going. But he drives us in his little SUV at almost 80 miles an hour through L.A. traffic from Avis to the airport directly to our gate. 
We make it there within <laughs> 10 minutes, tops. Yeah. We get out. He go, He's yelling at us, run, run, run. Go catch your flight. Don't be late. You got it. I'm looking at Chris screaming, tip him, tip him. I don't care how much you give him. You give him all the money in your wallet. I don't care. <laughs> we make it in. Our bags have the nice little neon green late checked bag sticker that they have so to they put on run it. run them out there. Yep, they run mm-hmm. them out there. They get us our boarding passes really quick. They can see that we're flustered. They tell us which line to go to for the security check. There's nobody in front of us for those lines. Every other line has like five or six people in it. But the one aisle number eight there is no one in it. We go straight through. I'm pretty sure they didn't even look at our bags through the security check. They did, I had lotion in there. I had food in there. I had stuff in there that you were clearly supposed to take out. I didn't. And they didn't say anything. They didn't check anything. We get out. Chris still had not had time to put his belt back on his shorts or his shoes on. And we are literally running, like home alone style, running through the airport to our gate. I still have this vision. I hope it always stays in my head of looking back at my husband who hasn't been able to run for over a year now because of his double ankle surgeries, you know, looking back at my husband who was running while... One hand is carrying his belt that is slinging around, <laughs> quite possibly could knock anybody out that <laughs> runs past him. And the other hand is holding up his shoes while also holding up his shorts so that they don't fall to his ankles. And Deidre and I are just booking it as fast as we can to the line. We kind of thought, you know what, if we, if the two of us make it to the line, we can hold it for Chris. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. have right, to right. run with us. We can hold it for Chris. We get there and turn the corner to our gate and see the rest of our group. Still, no just one about has to not in, even yeah. boarded yet. And it was like the heavens opened up and angels started singing. <laughs> right, because by the time you got to Avis, the flight said it was boarding. Yes, on your phone, I, had right? che- yeah. I had been so checking. So y'all were in checking. super panic mode. Yes. Yeah. No, not y'all. Not just y'all. You? Deidre was in the back being silent, which I think was her way of panicking. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I'm freaking out like and the whole time. So something that I had learned on Summit was when you pray, don't continuously pray over and over and over again what you've already asked for. God's already heard it. He right. already knows what you need and what you want. You he know, knows what urgent is. He's good. He's got it. So it, I had prayed a couple times. God, please just get us there. God, please get us there. God. And then it hit me and I was like, God, you know what we need. You, you are capable, you are faithful, you will get us there, I trust you. And the whole time Chris is driving and he's like, God's got us, guys. God's got us. This trip was very eye-opening for Chris and it was like going to Summit with one Chris and coming home with a completely different. And this was the trusting in God, he knows he's faithful, Chris, as he's driving and he's just not a big deal driving through LA traffic and I'm looking at him like you have got to be kidding me I am freaking out over here why are you not freaking out we only have so many people lined up to keep our kids we cannot be late we have to make it home oh but hey you made it we made it there it was great and it's a good story to tell you're listening to the best of Matt and Moe To the best of Matt and Mo. All right, so Mo, 
So Matt. A story close to your heart. Ha 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 so, ha ha. <laughs> now the son of a pastor killed by a snake during a sermon mm-hmm. was bitten by a deadly snake during a sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Coots asked his congregation to take him to the mountaintop where God would judge whether he lives or dies. However, a defiant follower in his church takes him to the hospital instead, where doctors told him the snake came close to severing his temporal artery, which would almost have certainly killed him. This church handles deadly snakes, handles fireballs, drinks drinks poison. It's like they're daring God to let them die. Mm Mm-hmm. But this guy, this guy Cody Coots, he's he's um, his dad had been the preacher for this church for a long time, and they showed some video. That they're just it was very charismatic feeling, which is the joke that we have with Mo because she grew up in a charismatic church. It's very charismatic feeling, but they're holding these just rattlesnakes and deadly snakes and all this, and just dancing around, smacking that thing, letting it get close to you, tempting it to bite you, pretty much. And his dad got bitten and died like immediately from it. And instead of going, maybe we should rethink this. Cody Coots, who I think was 23, he's either 23 or 28, but he was in his 20s, said, all right, I'll be the pastor now. And just kept it going. And then he nearly died this past, I think it was this past week or maybe two weeks ago uh, doing this. But someone was there filming for it when it happened. And the dude was just bleeding all down his ear and he started passing out and he almost certainly would have died had they not taken him to the hospital to get that stuff extracted. I'm like, what makes you, why would you, isn't that testing God? Like, just take me up there. We'll see if God lets me live or die. Okay. Congregation of Cody Coots, please listen (laughs) when I say one shout out to those of you who did not follow your leader and took him to the hospital he owes his life to you absolutely shout out the dude Way is a go. big old boy dude the carried him. if i could <laughs> high five you i would big um, old boy in overalls carried that guy out on his shoulders good for you big old boy in overalls <laughs> but listen closely when i say there is a fine line between being passionate and overzealous in your worship and in your belief and being a fool. <laughs> in the Bible, Jesus, God, commands us to not be a fool. Multiple times. Multiple times. Please don't be foolish. What you are doing is foolish. Oh, it gracious. is testing God. And one of you will die. Unless big old boy in overalls continues to carry every single one of you to the hospital. Uh, there are like 73 or 70-something. I didn't have it. I don't have it right in front of me. There are like 70-something snake bites in America per year that require like hospitalization. Mm-hmm, and they're all from a Pentecostal charismatic church. But I think it was like five or six of them each year come from a, a snake handling church like this. And a lot of them result in death, which is just crazy. Okay, so I grew up never touching a snake. I actually have a true significant fear of snakes. Like, do not bring them near me. Um, About a year ago, my child and his friend 
found a little gardener snake out in the front yard and stuck it in a box and brought it in the garage and then left the daggone garage door open. And guess where that snake was the following morning? Right outside my bedroom door. <laughs> I am not okay with snakes. I will not play with snakes. I will not hold snakes. Mm -mm. I've held a snake a couple nope. times. Nope. It freaked uh -uh. me out, but no. it's all right. I had someone, no. I had the, the owner of the snake there going, okay, mm -mm. it'll be fine. He's not scared of you. No. Don't be scared of him. No. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Matt and Moe. The top four ways to bless your spouse and their daily devotions. Uh, this comes from Lifeway's Facts and Trends blog. Uh, number one says protect the time and space for daily devotions. So that'd be like making sure that your spouse has their getaway place to go and have their daily devotions. And maybe while they're doing that, you keep the kids out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make sure they get that time away. My husband ain't been doing that for me. <laughs> well, that's why the list exists. Yeah, none of us. Uh, number two says have devotions together once mm -hmm. a week, which I, I love that idea. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just once once a week, y'all do them together. Share what you're talking about. I'm telling you, I said yesterday that Chris went to Summit, one Chris, and came back another Chris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he bought, you know, they had the, the store, the Summit store there where we could buy CR whatever merchandise paraphernalia uh-huh and <laughs> one of the things that they had was a re-energize your life daily devotional by rick warren yeah and so he bought it and he has been doing that stinking daily devotional every single day and reading it to me at night yeah. while i'm trying to you know decompress and scroll <laughs> on facebook before i go to bed i don't want to think right now i don't want any spiritual stuff happening i mean shout out to my husband for being a good leader Good spiritual leader, I mean, but... I guess. Dang. I'm... <laughs> so he's a nighttime devotional? He the, is. The you know, but I've actually Miller? learned he is an anytime devotionaler. Really? He just tries to find a time he to He just it in there. tries to get it in there. I have to do it in the morning or I'm not going to do it. Which means I usually don't do it. Uh, number three. <laughs> plan a date to go Bible shopping. Are you all right, Mo? <laughs> You're realizing what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, not gonna, we're not going to repeat true. it. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be inappropriate. It just kind of sounded that way. Uh, <laughs> you just added to it, though. <laughs> plan a date to go Bible shopping. What they're doing is encouraging us to get off of our phones uh, because the phones have so many other distracting things on them. Mm -hmm. You're reading your Bible and blah, blah, Facebook. Uh, someone left a comment on your whatever and you're what? gone. What? Somebody left uh, a comment on my so, picture. So yeah, this is, this is part of a larger theme of getting back to hard copy Bibles and getting off of the phone versions. But see, I have got... In our house, we probably have 13 Bibles. Yeah. Do you ever pick up any of them? Occasionally. Okay. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. Is, but I, I don't, never what touch I'm one saying is, I don't need another. And this sounds bad. Gosh, this sounds bad. <laughs> 
But we've got 13. So maybe what we should do is give a couple away in order to plan to a Bible another. date shopping trip. There's always something about a new Bible, though. It really gets me excited about getting back into it, reading yeah. a hard copy. See, and like I, I, bought a, I bought a CSB, a nice leather-bound CSB Bible. What's uh, that? The, it's the new version of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It's okay. just called the Christian Standard Bible now. Okay. And uh, it's, I think it just came out either last year or the year before. Um, but it's the newest the newest version that's come out that I'm aware of. And it's really well done. And I believe it's currently the... Number one? The No, I believe it's currently oh. the, the Southern Baptist choice oh. for Bibles since we abandoned the NIV. Yeah. <laughs> few years ago we left that one in the dust <laughs> chris has learned this last week he cannot do kjv he's oh gosh had the no. same bible Ugh. that his parents gifted him when he was a teenager and yeah. he's held on to that in the same case everything yeah. he has held on to that bible and as he started doing these daily devotions one night he looked at me and he's like i can't do this i can't <laughs> I read no this idea is what just, they're saying yeah it makes zero sense danger for the longest time would only do KJV. KJV. Not for any particular devoted reason. She yeah. just, that's what she grew up using. Yeah. And I just, I could not. I could barely do the new King James Version, which is trying to make the King James Version more uh, so, or, uh, palatable yeah. to to the, your brain. But it's just not working. Uh, I never really felt comfortable with the NIV, just because I've always heard so many problems that people have with it. Yeah. And they do market it like it's a, they market it poorly. Yeah. They market it like it's a thing and not a, what it's supposed to be. You know, they, they sell it. They don't promote it. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's an item for sale always. It's not a, this is the Holy Bible. It's mm-hmm. a, this is a product we offer here at Zonderman. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how it always appears to I me. I guess I've never really considered it. I've never. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. anywho. All right. Moving on. Number four, ask your spouse questions. So, this is the last one. And this is uh, basically talk to them about their devotion or uh, the other interpretation for this one was uh, when you have a question about the Bible, whenever you're thinking of something that, that you've never had an answer for before, instead of immediately going to your pastor or immediately looking it up online, hmm. ask your spouse what they think. And they might already have an answer. They might have already gone through this and figured it out or, or have their own opinion to it. And then you can start that discussion, but you all start to do it together. Mm-hmm. If y'all both don't know the answer, y'all both can start researching it together. But that brings y'all together, encourages each other. It's a great thing. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And when you first read it, I wanted to like insert Jeff Foxworthy, here's your sign. Um, no. That's oh, is it Bill Ingvall. Bill Ingvall. <laughs> Bill Ingvall. Here's your sign. What's Jeff, Fox- Jeff Foxworthy? You might, be a, might be a redneck. <laughs> all right. You just made me sad. Well, they're all, you know, they're whatever. They're all that blue collar comedy tour. They all kind of talk Tater like this. Tater salad. So, oh, <laughs> that's Ron White. Yeah, Ron I, he's Tater my favorite. Salad White. <laughs> he's my favorite. And then there's so, Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Who I do not like. Do not watch his Christmas movie. It's dumb. Um, but what was, was it Jingle All the Way too? Is that yes. what it was? Yeah, it was awful. Terrible. It was so bad. 
Terrible. <laughs> and it had Santino Morella from WWE in it. It was so bad. Oh, it was pro- it was produced by WWE Studios. Was That's it? I remember that. Yeah. Hey, they made a a ballin' Christian movie a couple years ago. That was not Larry the Cable Guy. It was not Larry the Cable Guy, but WWE Studios made it. It was yeah. called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, and it was great. Yeah? It was fantastic. Well, we kind of got off on a... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Where, were we, where were we going with this? <laughs> I just... Yeah, here's it, your sign. Here's That's your sign. <laughs> yeah. Ask your spouse questions. Here's your sign. Um, but I do like that. Go to your spouse first if you're working through something. Although I will say... Unless it involves your spouse. <laughs> Unless it involves your spouse, then you need to take it to your small How group. How faithful are we supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> so when it says... <laughs> no, um, there was... It was probably a couple... Two or three years ago. Chris was reading through something. Or we had gone to church and he heard something. I don't remember. Anyway... But he had this revelation of, oh, that's what this means. And he brought it to me. So, wives, please listen closely. Because this is what you are not supposed to do. (laughs) I, oh, high and mighty one, who has done many Bible studies over the years as being a stay-at-home mom, knew 100% that he was not accurate in what he had translated that Bible verse to say. And not only did I tell him that he was not accurate, but my face showed this absolute and utter disgust of, how could you even think that that's what that said? You dirty heretic. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a a point of argument for probably two or three weeks. So um, he is just now getting to the point where he feels comfortable again sharing with me in his Bible study walk. So please learn from my mistakes and do not do that. (laughs) You're listening to the best of Matt and Moe. Thank you for listening to the best of Matt and Mo here on BackRowRadio.com. For more of Matt and Mo's antics throughout the years, follow our podcast, The Morning Side Hug, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can hear brand new episodes of The Morning Side Hug Monday through Thursday on BackRowRadio.com at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. See you again real soon. <laughs>